Welcome back, Dustin Mavino. Hey, hey, it's good to have you guys with us. Oh, I'm pouring the beer right now, and that sounds oh, great. Just picking it up and some good ass sound effects. What'd you say? Ass, ass mouth? Asthma? Oh, they <laughs> said ass mouth. <laughs> oh, ASMR. I guess that's my vanity plate. <laughs> <laughs> so we are continuing our Christmas gauntlet. Uh, this is the Nightmare Before Christmas. For those who are tuning in with us a little bit late, I am on paternity leave all throughout Christmas. Uh, we're having twins due as of this recording in six days, a boy and a girl. So we're going to pre-record as much stuff as we can, have it ready for you. So that way we keep new content coming out. Yeah. And so for this one, uh, this movie, uh, we are drinking Rogue Dead Guy Pilsner and is newly in cans. I did not know it. They made yeah, it. neither. So interesting. So, Tay, what would you say is the distinguishing quality of a Pilsner? It has to do, usually, with the yeast. Um, typically, these are lagers. I'm looking just to see, because there's in this day and age, people have been calling a lot of things different things. <laughs> um, there's, like, India Pale lagers. And, but, you know, typically, a Pilsner is a light, crisp, drinking beer and there's also different versions of pilsners there's using these czech pilsners a german pills an american pills this one kind of falls under i think the american pills just because like i kind of smell the hoppiness yeah but typically if you're looking at german pills we, we just have you know the tulsa has a huge oktoberfest and it's like i think a lot of people are drinking oktoberfest beer which technically is a lager mm-hmm. but a lot of pilsners are there too because they're light and easy drinking usually low abv this one i think said 5.0 yeah about five percent yeah, that's usually sometimes they're a little bit lower, but light, crisp, easy drinking beers. Yeah, um, you could call them basically like summer beers. Yeah, um, but yeah, typically low and low IBUs, which is the international bitterness unit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this one is pretty. This one looks like it's a little bit hoppier, but a little more bite. Yeah, more bite. But I think with Rogue, and especially with the Americans, they'll want to have it just a little more umph to it. Yeah. But yeah, for the most part, these are just, I, I, I hate the term, but kind of like all like lawn mowing beers mm-hmm. where it's like you can have a couple of these and you're not going to like fall asleep yeah. outside with the mower running. They don't and sit then, heavy. Yeah. But they still have some good flavor to them. Exactly. This is um, badass. It's got a power graph on the side. I does. wish all beers did this. Yeah. This, this has like a power ratings and stats like Marvel cards back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> it's got sweet herbal floral bitter and malt it's got a five-pointed star all the food group and it's got mostly herbal and florals mm. oh, no. so this is uh rogue is from portland i've actually been to that brewery oh pretty cool i've never been you know portland's a hell of a town for anybody who hadn't ever been there i mean it's like you get the best got great fish you, uh, you probably yeah <laughs> no doubt um but they've got great beer um, and I, I'm not a coffee drinker. They have great coffee. Everybody says like the Portland is a place oh, yeah. to go for good the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, good weed. So yes, sir. I mean, get it. They got everything you need in one town. Yep. So, um, but yeah, Rogue uh, Dead Guy Pilsner now in cans. So if you look at the decor of the cans, you'll see why I picked it to go with this Party. movie. Oh yeah, it definitely pairs with this movie. Um, cause yeah, this guy looks like he fit into Tim Burton's world somewhere easily. So yeah, Tim Burton's nightmare before Christmas, as it was known, like in the, in the advertisements coming up to it. I mean, they definitely hyped this up as a Tim Burton film, even though he didn't direct it. He definitely, he produced it and came up with the story. But so this is an animated stop motion, stop motion musical fantasy released October 29th, 1993, 30 years ago. Hmm. 
Who directed it? Uh, it's a guy named, I believe it's Henry Selleck. Yeah. So Henry Selleck is a famous stop motion director, and he would go on to do like James and the Giant Peach and a few other Coraline. I mean, he did a few other Coraline. So what did Tim Burton, what would you say you do here? <laughs> he he came up with the original story. Like he basically, the story of Jack Skellington and the pumpkin, pumpkin King, he, he thought of all that. And then Danny Elfman did basically all of the writing of the music, which yeah. was most of the plot. Because he did the singing voice for Jack Skellington and Jack mostly just sings. Mm-hmm. And then Chris Sarandon did, like, the talking voice. Your, your boy from Fright Night. And he collected a big old fat paycheck, I'm mm. sure, for just showing up and doing a few lines. Fat nut. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, basically, Tim Burton was the... He's a big old oyster. He, he was the, like, the when they talk about produce, producers and production, like, he was the, no doubt, the purse strings behind this to get it made. And but also yeah he was he was a creative force behind it but also yeah he was probably his name on it was probably what helped it get made yeah but I mean it, it all looks like his de- type design stuff though, yeah. too I you, mean I'm like, sure he he had a hand in some of that too I mean it was like if if I told you he directed it you maybe like that makes sense it feels like Tim Burton yeah um, music and original songs are by Danny Elfman who is if you don't know a famed composer he wrote the uh, original theme to Batman Beetlejuice a lot of Tim Burton movies um, Simpsons intro Simpsons theme um, so very famous composer Pee-wee this is some of his fi- Pee-wee uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure um, some of his, this is some of his finest work his, his songs here are outstanding and again just perfect for the movie perfect for Tim Burton yeah. which fits everything um, and as Travis said, he is the voice of Jack Skellington, the Pumpkin King. Um, so Catherine O'Hara, who was uh, in Schitt's Creek, who was Mrs. McAllister, Home Alone, she provides the voice of Sally, the basically female Frankenstein. The I don't know what you got, Gollum or whatever you call her, but um, and then oh, Uncle Lewis from Christmas Vacation was the uh, Frankenstein character, Finkelstein, yeah. Doctor Finkelstein, the blessing. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Now I see that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, so when we watched this movie last year, and that's when we figured out it was Catherine O'Hare. Because like we all be like, I think Sitch Creek had just ended, or it was two years ago. Yeah. And we we, we watched it. I'm like, what is that? No way. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. And it's well, once you read that, that's her. It makes sense. Oh yeah. You can't yeah. hear mm-hmm. her. But and Otho is the mayor. Otho from uh, yeah, I was wondering who that was from Beetlejuice. He had a little bit of Jeffrey Tambor from Rest Development, but, but huh. I couldn't quite place him. Jesus, <laughs> fucking Otho, <laughs> Glenn Shaddix. He'll get you. So this uh, was two years in the making. It took two years to make the movie. Um, oh, and Paul Rubens was Locke. He was Locke, Stock and Barrel. Yeah, Locke, Shock and Barrel. Lock, lock, oh yeah, lock because Catherine O'Hara did the voice for Shock as well. Yeah, the female of the the three. Oh, um, has a hundred and eight thousand individual frames. In the Damn. Movie. Yeah, something else. Um, so, basic story for those who haven't seen it: uh, Jack Skellington is a pumpkin king. He's the leader of Halloween Town. It's a community of goblins, ghouls, vampires, werewolves, and abominations. I know Travis saw the abominations in there, like the big hulking monsters big brutes um abominations which one 
Oh, like, the, like the big, crazy, monstrous like creatures that are in there that are like, I'll show you a picture. But yeah, okay. It's like I know in the game, like the Warcraft game I play, it's like they're bombing. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Sorry, I was thinking Hulk villain. That's what I thought too. Oh, at first, I was like, wait, what? That been a whole like different I, movie. <laughs> I had both in my head, and I was like, which one is he talking about? He's like, yeah. yeah. I, I went full nerd. Yeah. I, um, my my brain fritzed. In the beginning of the movie, Jack is in a malaise of frustration and restlessness until he discovers a portal in the Christmas town where everybody's joyous and singing carols and exchanging gifts. Uh, newly motivated, Jack plans to take over Christmas and displace Santa Claus, or as he calls him, Sandy Claus. Um, of course, this is a Christmas movie, meaning Jack will have to discover the error of his ways and learn the true spirit of Christmas. So, that's what I have for notes. Uh, basically, there's a lot of songs, a lot of dark humor, a lot of Tim Burton imagery. So, yada, yada, yada. Um, so had you guys both seen this? I'm assuming you both have before. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, Travi, we'll let you go first this time. So I didn't super love it the first time I saw it. I saw it in theaters and I was like, oh, Same. this is going to be cool. And then I was not super into musicals. Yeah. And when I was like, fuck, whenever I saw musicals, I was like, all right, they're going to talk about like their feelings or whatever, but the plot's not actually going to move forward until they stop singing or they do something or they talk. Yeah. So I would always kind of space out. I'm like, oh, fuck. All right, we got to get through the song and then we'll get back to But this whole thing was just songs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, it's visually cool, but little kid me was just like, oh, yeah, that's great. But the people I went with and saw it, they were like, oh, this is so great. The music was cool and all that. Yeah. And they kept you know singing it and mentioning it and i'm like yeah i saw that movie too i was you know so good great but uh as as it's gone on like i've seen it um a few more times i'm more on board now i i appreciate mostly i appreciate the animation all of the um the old good old harryhausen yeah, so my, my favorite was uh, part was the stop motion um, watching this time. I thought, obviously, it was great and spellbinding when I was a kid. Um, but I was paid even more attention to it this time, I guess, because I've seen all those old Harryhausen, like, Sinbad uh, movies. And so I'm, I was just just happy that this was still around in the early 90s and happening and and obviously you don't see a lot of it anymore i think one of the last movies i can think of that they use stop motion is fantastic mr fox i'm sure there's been something else but you're not gonna see a lot of this time consuming animation style anymore yeah So I appreciated that. And the songs have become earworms and are much more catchy. Yes. Now that I know what I'm getting into, once I get into it, I'm like, this is a musical. It's going to be mm-hmm. a little bit Halloween and a little bit Christmas. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting. I read this time that the hardest shot in the movie was whenever Jack Skellington is reaching towards the doorknob for Halloween town, town and it's showing the, his reflection as well as all, the reflection of all the trees behind him. That took the longest to wow. do and set up. Um, this is great. Solid movie. I would have given it a 6.5 as a kid. Now, an 8. Yeah. Strong. I, I would say very much similar situation. So I'm just for reference here. Let me tell you why I hated it the first time I ever saw it. First of all, I was 10 years old. Yeah. But that is because when I was raised in my Disney times and my animation films and my sing-alongs, 1989 was The Little Mermaid. 1990, DuckTales. 
treasure of the lost lamp. Ooh. Then we had the rescuers down under in 1990. 91 was Beauty and the Beast, and 92 was Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Then let's go ahead and do the Nightmare Before fucking Christmas. <laughs> and you know what came after Nightmare Before Christmas? The Lion King. <laughs> so, like, and then a goofy movie. Yeah. So that movie, literally, but like that movie, I hated for like, I mean, but things, I mean, I'm talking for decades. Like I refused to watch it. It was like, it was stupid because it wasn't what Disney was doing. Mm-hmm. And I, being young, I was like, oh, I love these movies. These movies are so cute and funny. And it's like, this is awesome. And then I remember seeing it in theaters and thinking this movie is stupid. <laughs> like I, I didn't appreciate it. Um, I, I will say, I always did like the music, mm-hmm. but and I'm not saying that it kind of scared me, but it was like, then the boogeyman was fucking terrifying. Yeah. Boogie, and it was like, boogie woogie. I was like, yeah. God dang. But now there's just like, so I think I'd only seen it like maybe once since I saw it like in theaters. As again, I was like, okay, I kind of get it. Then I watched it again, I think right when Disney Plus might have come out. Yeah. Like, what four years ago and I was like oh okay can I dig it and then I saw it two years ago and I was like okay I fucking get it now like so it took me you know three watches to be like okay and then watching it again I was like yeah I get it this was and 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 it makes me wonder it's like were they actually trying to make this for kids because like that doesn't fit any of the models (laughs) they were doing like I mean you're gonna follow this like and you let's just say it took two years to make so you're telling me like in you know 1990 as they're like they already have Aladdin that's gonna follow Little Mermaid yeah you know and it's just like you know that's not what Disney was so that's why it's just so funny to me it's like and then the movie after it, it's fucking Lion King that like was just a huge success. Yeah. It's, was this a Disney film? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. It was made under, I believe, uh, their Touchstone uh, Pictures. So yeah. One mm-hmm. of their subdivisions, but yeah, it was Disney. What I put in my review for kids, because obviously I think of everything now, especially animated movies, and like through the lens of a parent, it's like obviously our th- almost four-year-old is way too young for this movie. He, he would be terrified of the boogie. Oh, yeah. I mean, it would be nightmare fuel. And it's like, what I put in my review was, if your kids are old enough to reliably use profanity, they're old enough to watch this movie. Mm. Wait until they're cussing consistently. Yeah. Then they're ready. So, well, and, and like, but going back to it, like the story is actually pretty cool. Like the story is very interesting. Um, I do like Catherine O'Hare's character. I've, I've forgotten the name, but it was like, I thought that was, it, it, it was such an interesting love story. Sally. So, yeah. Sally. It was, like, it was such an interesting, you know, it's basically kind of almost like, um, Rapunzel. Yeah. Like she's trapped. She's up there. Like she can't leave. It was kind of Rapunzel esque, but, um, but I, I actually end up loving the music more and um, felt bad for Santa Claus sometimes. So that poor bastard. Why are his like, hands so tiny? Because <laughs> he's Santa Claus. He's got little Trump hands. Yeah. Oh. He's, he's a Santa. Oh, you put that evil on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was really upset. Also, his teeth were fucked up looking whenever he, he's getting rescued and yelling at Jack. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all I could see was him talking. I was like, why did they make his teeth so big? Why is he so me? Yeah. It was creepy. Yeah. I could see his whole metal skeleton underneath his clay. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> There's some nightmare fuel for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I, if you were to ask me, 
before 2019, I would have been like, I think Travis, like, this has been a, like a five. Mm. I'm like, ah, it's like, it, it, it wasn't my cup of tea. I, I felt like it was too far of a stretch for Disney. It's like, I, I, I don't even know why they made it. And now I've watched it again. I think, I, I, I'd say like a seven and a half. Yeah. It was like, it wasn't quite an eight, only because I think it's, so far out there, mm-hmm. I don't. I I'd, I'd be curious to see what people actually how people feel about it today. Yeah. Like even even a kid. Like I love to have kids watch this and be like, you know, even Frozen kids. Yeah. Like grew up oh, on yeah. Frozen. It's like, what do you think about this? Blow their and, mind. And they'd be like, what the fuck is this? Oh, cute little Disney movies of Anna and Elsa. Yeah. Like, blow their mind. Exactly. This yeah. is made was, for the 15 percent of the weird fucked up kids. Yeah. They were like, man, fuck Lion King, fuck mm-hmm. Aladdin. Well, yeah. well and, and exactly. Well, well, what's funny is that I could I appreciated this film so much more now mm-hmm. just like I, I i liked it so much when i it just i think it's a really really cool film vice versa what was it last this time last year um old guillermo's pinocchio came out mm-hmm. i couldn't fucking watch it yeah. i'm like dude i know you put your blood sweat and tears in here but this can fuck off literally and it was like some frames yeah i was just like dude <laughs> well, this, I, he, he definitely sweats into some of that movie i, 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 I was like i was like this fucking pinocchio kid is annoying the shit out of me this voice is pissing me off i can't i can't watch it but i, it I could better. appreciate the animation but also uh, i i, I it was brutal yeah I, I did not dig that it film. was better than zemeckis's version oh yeah oh. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, oh, the know. one with with Tom Hanks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Was that what? Was that animation? Like, what? What do they call? It was that? a mixture. I mean, it had yeah. both. I mean, it was like okay. a Roger Rabbit thing where they had, yeah, you know, they had Tom Hanks, but then they had, you know, but like, uh, but I could appreciate Nightmare Before Christmas for some reason way more than I could have appreciated that. Yeah, or the Fast Lane to the. Polar Bear Express, whatever that movie was called. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. That one sucked ass. And to this day, I will say it sucked ass. I watched that. We should have like, watched that. Yeah. I was like, this and is, now we're talking about other movies. Yeah. This is not my jam. We're doing that next year for sure. But it's yeah. almost like, uh, um, what, Nightmare? God, I keep wanting to say Nightmare on Elm Street. Which you, you. you still watched. Yeah, I watched yeah. that instead of this because Todd fucked up on his typo on his text. <laughs> but now you get it. It's easy to mix them up. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but Nightmare Before Christmas, I would almost say it was a cult classic. It was. Oh, it's, yeah. No, it's a. It's more than that because it is so much... Um, God, I, I think a cult classic was was not beloved when it came out and then grew and grew and grew until it's kind of like a hip, like secret handshake kind of deal. Mm-hmm. I feel like this transcends that because I feel like it was much more rel- well received. It was. I mean, it was sooner. Like, it had enough. I would say it was a mild hit when it came out and it is it has gone on to become a major hit over the years, mm-hmm. especially home video has did wonders for that. And like you say, it's definitely pitched for the, you know, the weird kids, you know, who are like not into like the cute, you know, schmaltzy Disney stuff. It's like, you know, about a, like a, a guy whose head can rotate between happy and sad kind of a well, thing. Yeah. Well, like, you know, and it looks like just looking at these movies and the releases, I mean, they're not really doing any, any benefit to these movies because it's like, okay, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas comes out. Even if it got a bad rap, like, oh, it's just not a Disney movie, mm-hmm. you know, The Lion King comes out. So it just, you're like that, it's going to get trumped. It's like, well, this is what animation is and then you know then you have a toy story comes out 
1995, right. late 95. Mm-hmm. And then they follow that with James and the Giant Peach. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm sure they're just like all hyped up and it's still a good movie, mm-hmm. but they're all hyped up from like Toy Story and they, they get that. And, and I think uh, from a different perspective, I think Disney was so powerful at that point. Yeah. From that stretch of movies, they could kind of do what they wanted. That is true. They could, yeah. they could do a James and the Giant Peach. Mm-hmm. At this point, they were buying ABC. They had so much money. Yeah. They were literally buying ESPN. Yeah. They're they're just rich. I I know. um, I was thinking of other films like this that came after, like James and the Giant Peach. Mm -hmm. And then wasn't there, and I don't know if this was CGI or not, there was something about like some kind of, it looked like a burlap sack golem, and he had a big nine, like a number nine on him, and he was running. That might have been CGI, but it looked kind of Mm Burton-esque, and I'm not sure if that was... Was it Coraline? That one Coraline. Oh, oh yeah. That came out way later, though. Coraline was one of the ones, most recent ones. That's the same director as this. Yeah. That's not what I was thinking of, but I totally forgot about Coraline, and I just watched that recently. Same style. That's the same director's style. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I think that Disney had that Touchstone Pictures label, and that's where they could kind of do their weird stuff. And that's perfect. It was a Neil Gaiman um, uh, story. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, yeah, it's like this is. I, I loved it when it came out. I, I loved it, Rodwick. So it's like I'm looking at it from the, when I was a kid. I wanted to be an animator. I wanted to be a cartoonist. And so I drew a lot. I drew a lot of pictures, and I, you know, I was into that. So in, in movies like this, I was paying a lot of attention to the animation. Like that was, I was fixated on it. And so even stop motion stuff, I was just, I was, I was looking to see how they were drawing stuff and how they would animate and bring stuff to life. And so this was fascinating to watch how they made these three dimensional characters and this, you know, him walking up in the in the moon with the moon in the background. Yeah, oh yeah, it is a cool shot. Yeah, yeah, it's just like that's the, and the moon seems legitimately bright. Like watching it the other night on the big TV back here, it was like it seemed like a really bright moon shining. It's like it was just cool how they did that stuff. And then when they did it at the end, and it was covered with snow, and the snow was like lightly sparkling. Yes, had stripper glitter all over it. <laughs> I never heard it put like that, but yeah, but yeah. I was like, "That's amazing!" That, that the depth and the attention to detail they put, you know, of the leaves falling from the trees, and then yeah, like you said, when it snows at the end, it's amazing. The Christmas lights and. It's like, I just, I love to watch all the little details of the characters and like the details in like, you know, Sally's face when she's like sad or like longing for something. It's like, it's amazing. The, the, the meticulousness of the movie. Um, the, I love the songs. They, to me, they remind me a lot of Sweeney Todd, like mm-hmm. songs from that and like Phantom of the Opera. They kind of have that kind of feel to them. So, and really this is the best you could watch is Halloween or Christmas. Either way it works or both. Well, I think, uh, Tim Burton said, like, the idea for this came to him, or the original, I guess there was a poem attached or something, but it was um, being in a store and seeing them take down all the Halloween stuff and putting up the Christmas stuff simultaneously and all of, like, the ghouls and witches alongside, like, all of the flashy Christmas stuff, like, sparked the idea. Yeah. And to me, it's like, I love the story of it. I love the, I mean, because I was a music nerd too. I was a nerd on every level. I love the animation. I love, I was, so I was a nerd on that level. I love the music because I was a music nerd. But yeah, I was also one of those weird kids. It's like, you know, I was, I, I enjoyed those Disney movies. I enjoyed Aladdin. I enjoyed all those, but it's like, I, give me something weird. Give me a palate cleanser. Give me something strange to mix this up with. I enjoyed James and the Giant Peach. I like that one too. Yeah. You know, and one, because of this movie and because Christmas comes earlier and earlier every year, or people say that, mm-hmm. I've always really wanted to be Santa Claus for Halloween. 
just to piss people yeah. off. But it's like, it's like just getting sooner and sooner. Yeah. I just want to show up at Santa Claus. You, like, could, be, you could be this version. I was like, y'all just count the hours. Cause you're, you're almost done. We're about to pop a turkey in the oven, get some <laughs> chestnuts roasting on an open fire. You, you'd be Santa Rudolph Claus. And I'll be the boogeyman. You can be, you can be Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the little ghost dog with the, with a little light. Zero. Zero. That was it. <laughs> oh, did you hear the, um, I guess there's a. Um, the theory? Yes. Oh, yeah. About Corpse Bride yep. and Frankenweenie. Yep. That Jack Skellington was the kid in Frankenweenie. Yep. And he was the husband in Corpse Bride. Mm-hmm. And then after he died, he was Jack Skellington. Really? I mean, that's just a theory, but I think almost people have like, like their Pixar theory mm-hmm. about animals learning how to talk or whatever off of the break. I mean, so, uh, you know, somebody, somebody has an essay out there basically about different things that, that popped up that have, have been a through line through all the films. I think it comes to, to head, head cannon. You, you do you, you do yeah. what you want. So, but yeah, for me, I would give this an 8.5. I enjoyed it then as as an animation nerd. Yeah. What was your initial score when you were a kid? I mean, honestly, probably a 7.5 or 8. And I think now, I mean, I'm I'm more into the music. I mean, I've seen more musicals since. Yeah. Obviously. That's how I am too. And it's like, I've heard more, I've heard more of, of Danny Elfman. I've heard more of his music since then. And so I can appreciate that more now. So... I enjoyed the songs. I enjoyed the the voice acting, and I I love the animation. It's just it's awesome to watch. So mm-hmm. I would say I've upgraded it probably from seven five or eight to eight point five. This is a, I mean I would say when our son is, I would say ten is a good age ish. But make him cool. Yeah, yeah. do it eight. <laughs> Jump the gun a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I mean because shoot, I was I watched Ghostbusters when I was seven or eight years. Oh old. yeah. I was, oh god, I was watching that in the womb. <laughs> That's not true, but. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was watching some fucked up movies, Dark Crystal and Watership Down. Same. I don't know how old I was, but like I was watching Lethal Weapon. <sighs> I mean, I wasn't that cool. Yeah, no. Damn, that is cool. You weren't as cool as me. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this has been another episode of Cinema Vino. Uh, great movies, only drunker. We're continuing our Christmas gauntlet. Next up, we're going to talk about Gremlins. Yeah. Ding 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 ding. Great theme too. So we will see you guys next time. Bye. Be sure to listen, rate, and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our website is cinemavino.net, and reviews of these films can be found at toddwaffordmovies.com.